0: Time for the morning brief where we bring in one of our pundits for a closer look at the morning's big stories. Tim Hudak is here, former leader of Ontario's Conservatives, now at the Ontario Real Estate Association. And Happy New Year to you and your family.
1: And Happy New Year back, John. Good
0: to hear your voice again. It's nice to be back. A lot of things happening, uh, including hackers now apologizing to the hospital for sick kids and offering to try to make good. Should the hospital take them up on it?
1: I, I don't know if you have a choice, so I, I'd probably say uh, yes. This this world terrifies, right? It's it's murky, it's mysterious. It is frightening to think that somebody by technology can basically seize your operations beyond the reach of, of police, at least in a short period of time, and totally close you down. and And what's at risk here? I mean, we 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 work on this regularly and have drills at the Ontario Real Estate Association. But what's at risk with sick kids' hospital, right? I mean, yeah. testing delays, results being mixed up, lives could be on the line. Shuddering or at least hobbling uh, operations. So uh, I guess there is some honor among thieves, John, that, that some have said now they'll, they'll give them an encryption key and help them unlock some of that data. Some some damage will be done. But man, this as a, as a CEO, this sort of thing does terrify me and it's happening more and more often, particularly
0: in the province of Ontario. Well, and in the account I was reading, getting ready for the show today, Tim, what astonished me was how sort of corporately structured this hacking organization or system System is that like this? Is this one corporation that creates the software, and then as a turnkey operation, other people use that to hack and then kick back some money?
1: The level of uh, sophistication, the, com- the command that they have over the latest technology and how many steps they seem to be ahead of the rest of us, you know, causes, I like, think, many leaders of operations, whether they're not-for-profit or businesses, to, to lose sleep uh, over this. And, you know, this particular company, I guess the-, the brand is Lockbit. They're known to the FBI as being among the most sophisticated and successful. Uh, it seems to, when you read more background on this, they're in competition, whether that's with investors or those that hire them to target various agencies. So I guess, kind of like they say about the mafia, there, there's a bit of a code and going after a kid's hospital is a step too far. Thank God so kids can get back to normal operations. They've been seized up now, I think since the second week or third week of, of December. But holy smokes, John, this whole thing is just a terrifying world.
0: On the 1st of January, the amalgamated city of Toronto turned 25. I This all predates my arrival in Toronto, so I have nothing to compare it to. But as it mostly worked down.
1: oh it's been a tremendous success um I'll, I'll tell you i remember learning about this i was a a, a fresh-faced um maybe 28 or 29 year old mpp from niagara toronto was was somewhat um you know intimidating at the time coming from small town of of fort erie and i actually heard about this legislation not not in caucus it was not in our campaign platform as pcs under mike harris i heard about a News Talk 1010 And it was coming across then as as a rumor coming out of Queen's Park. It's like, no way, you're not going to amalgamate Toronto. Sure enough, we get back caucus briefing, that's exactly what we're going to do. So where this came from, it was not part of a campaign commitment in 1995, but it was part of an overall view that government had become too large. We needed to reduce costs. We needed to become more efficient. We had a record deficit at that time. And this was a outcome of that. I mean, it took, we, we really dressed it up as reducing the number of politicians and bureaucracy. You had two layers of government. You had the six Boroughs within Metro, and yet 102 politicians elected, all in competition for scarce dollars and feeding off the trough down to 26. This is paired, by the way, with amalgamations in Ottawa, in Hamilton, how the Norfolk was restructured, some other smaller municipalities in Sudbury, if I recall. To answer your question, tremendous success it wasn't necessarily the intention at the time but now you've actually created a much more efficient level of government you'd have the various mayors of those boroughs kind of as frenemies where they could you could play them off against you in those days which ultimately was to the harm of the greater toronto area now a powerful successful growing booming look at the skyline change from 1995 till today john and very importantly it was, I think, an accident of this, but has become a part of Toronto's success. It created one of the most powerful politicians in all of Canada in the seat of the mayor of Toronto who can galvanize municipality, the what fourth largest in North America, to get change done. And when it comes to growth, when it comes to jobs, when it comes to culture, when it comes to the, the face of Toronto, what a magnificent,
0: successful change from 1995. Well, as an interesting feature, you mentioned the mayor. John Tory and I had a year-end conversation. And one of my final questions was asking him how difficult is it to be mayor for all Torontonians? Because I was recounting, and probably everybody listening has had the same experience. You're coming down the 400 or the 400, you know, the 4, whichever, any the north south routes. And you get to a sign that says, welcome to the city of Toronto. And you think, this city covers so much geography. And how much does somebody up near Canada's Wonderland, you know, out that way anyway, um, compare to somebody who lives in the tower tunnels in the downtown of the city? I think nobody
1: more hardwired to be a successful mayor of Toronto as he's been demonstrated as as John Tory, the right leader at the right time in this in this new powerful city. And I will say Mel Lashman out of the gate was the right mayor to help to bring the city together because everybody was against it. We had our eighty-two votes in the legislature. There are all night sittings. It was snarled in terms of procedural battles, huge protests. But at the end of the day, I'm glad how I voted because now we see what John Tory, the current counselor, are doing. To make us a North
0: American leader, and I'm proud of that. Do you tease much out of this survey that establishes that uh, most Canadians think that they're centrists, and actually our left-right distribution on the spectrum is significantly different from how people self-identify in the states? No, no surprise there this is a bit of the um,
1: dog bites man uh, sort of <laughs> sort of news <laughs> uh, we definitely on there especially on on social issues on on uh, religious issues the Americans the smaller government by by and large but would I would I take this much from from my old you know game my time on the ice in in politics would I take much on this I really wouldn't I think the vast majority of people really shrug it off and they'll say well maybe it's more polite to say you're from the center but most people don't really think about where they stand on the political spectrum. I also think it's rather meaningless. Uh, I guess you can motivate votes from the different sides, but we we should often think of this more not just simply a a X-axis, but an X-Y-axis. So another big determinant of how people vote and get involved in politics uh, takes you on the up and down, not just the right to left. And that's what I call the ins and the outs. There'll be those that just on a a wealth of issues will say, you know, I'm on the inside, I'm benefiting, I feel part of culture, I feel part of society, things are working for me. And then there's the outs, who feel quite the opposite. And there's a cadre of individuals who control everything and me and my family while well, we're on the outs. And that's why you'll see some people, the outs, who can vote NDP one election, vote reform the next election nationally, and there's a competition there usually between conservatives and new Democrats that defies this whole, you know, right left spectrum.
0: The whole reinvention of the freedom convoy that was slated for Winnipeg appears to be a bust. I'm not surprised, Tim. I never quite believed it was going to happen because I thought, well, what's the agenda? What are you complaining about now, aside from the fact that you hate Trudeau? Yeah, I mean, just as
1: you see in Hollywood, it's pretty hard to do a uh, a sequel with any degree <laughs> of success. There's no motivation. I, th- I think really what put a lot of wind in the sails initially on the Convoy, when I think most Canadians thought they were onto something before it ter- you know descended into the chaos and the occupation, was people were just tired of the COVID rules and the lockdown. They wanted some some release, some some valve to take the pressure off to get about life. At least some stronger questioning of the laws that we had had, which in Ontario were among the toughest in North America. I I remember the overpasses on the highways being filled with supporters. Now you see a few odd stranglers, right? Uh, uh, Stragglers uh, waving the flag uh, at the end of the day. They had momentum because people were tired of change. That change now has happened. They should just put the idea to bed altogether.
0: All right. Are you amongst the many people who think that they're watching the next greatest hockey player of all time at the juniors?
1: Incredible! Connor Bedard to shatter Eric Lindros' record with many games to go, scoring last night in uh, in overtime. What was you know probably one of the greatest goals in the history of uh, junior hockey a competition. Um, absolutely uh, incredible! I'm, I'm more of a casual fan of hockey. It's a good time of year watching it. You know between Christmas and, and New Year's, so we did have the family watching it last night before the Bills game. So um, and Miller had identified actually he started cheering for Slovakia. I don't know if I'm ratting her out here because yeah, yeah. Budak actually has Slovak heritage. She's trying to identify with that part of the family. Where did grandma and grandpa come from? My uncles and aunts and all that. So she was cheering for the white and blue last night. But I think even uh, Miller, as a hardcore Slovak fan, was impressed by Bedard um, we ended up changing the channels. Um, I could maybe have to turn in my Canadian card to the Bills game. I am a hardcore uh, Buffalo Bills fan. Right. In fact, I had tried to convince Debbie to take to go to take the family to see the game in Cincinnati uh, last night as part of a New Year's um, celebration. Yeah, but, man, that was a devastating uh, uh, hit and impact on DeMar Hamlin. Um, it did give an opportunity then to turn
0: back and, and catch the overtime. So I, I did get to see that victory for Canada. And, yeah, I'm just wondering your thoughts. I mean, you must be happy you didn't go to Cincinnati because what a horrible thing to witness.
1: My heart stopped. Um you know we uh, put together a nice spread last night Deb made some some awesome uh, chili and, and cornbread and Dad had a, a good longtime friend who's a big football fan come by we hadn't seen through the Christmas holidays girls all decked out in their bills outfits and and, and, and I in my uniform and certainly football is is a heavy combat sport and the stretcher is no stranger to the field but i've never seen anything like that uh, john where you have these pro athletes uh, in tears you have them with their eyes wide um, like they had seen a ghost the notion of player having that kind of contact standing up and watching this live happen well, i was in person but watching it happen stumble backwards collapse Ambulance rushes out. The attendants are there. They rip open his uniform. They apply CPR. He had stopped breathing. Uh, Incredibly devastating. It, It did make your heart stop, whether you're on the field or a fan or somebody watching casually on the news. I still cannot believe it took the NFL an hour to call that game and say no way in hell we're going to continue this game after this tragedy. That, that that is an embarrassment to the National Football League. They're so out of touch with their fans and their players that they try to restart the game. Thank you, sir. Good to have you. Have a great day.